Welcome to the teaching ministry at Crothers Creek Community Church. Good morning, everyone. Really glad that you're here. Good morning to our online audience. Glad that you're with us uh, this morning, too. Well, we want to welcome you here today as part of our family, and if you're joining us for the first time, uh, you're actually joining us at the very end of a really significant series uh, in our church, and uh, if you're going to be tracking with us for a while, you're welcome to go back and watch all those podcasts. You can listen or watch online so you can catch up. If you've got your Bible here this morning, a paper version or electronic on your iPhone or your BlackBerry, you can go to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. We're going to sort of be in that space today, and uh, Joe and I are going to be going there in a few minutes. Like I just shared, today we're coming to the end of a very life-changing series for our family. Life-changing for many of us personally, but also as a whole community. So today as we wrap up, I actually want to end this series where I began it so many weeks ago. Why did we decide, under the prompting of God, to do this series at this moment in our church history? Well, beyond building a common script, beyond a needed common understanding, beyond giving us sort of a biblical and experiential language that we can commonly share together and even learn how to work with each other, this is really about God's glory and a new freedom in our church to serve. And the most important outworking of what we've been dealing with is the theme of our year, joy. The, the theme of this year is that this church, many of us who've just met Jesus, we've known Jesus for years, or we're beginning to check him out, that we would begin to experience, as Dave prayed, the joy of our salvation. As I preached in the very first sermon in this series, joy comes when you get to know God personally. Joy comes from serving God. Joy will fully come, of course, when Jesus comes back in his second advent and makes all things right. Joy is given and joy is chosen. Joy is a gift and joy is a decision grounded not in our experience, but in another person's experience whose name is Jesus who gives us his joy. As we see on these banners, there's some quotes there. C.S. Lewis wrote, Joy is the serious business of heaven. Or as Henry Nouwen penned so long ago, Joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing joy every day. When we look at God's word, the theme of joy is vast, it's beautiful, it's complex, and it brings so much depth to our faith. That's why one of the seven core values in this local church that binds us together is about joy. Listen to it one more time. We believe every Christ follower is called to impact those around them through loving, joyful, gift-based service. If you call C4 Church your home, this is a non-negotiable for us. We believe in service in this church. We believe in joyful service. We believe in loving service. We believe in gift-based service. Now, we know that when we begin to do this for real, it moves from paper to reality. No matter the age and stage you're in, we begin to experience joy. God's glory brings us joy. We know that when we work in the areas that God has gifted us in, we experience such powerful joy. The local church gets built up. Your purpose as an individual becomes very clear. God gets glory, and you get to be free. Hear this again. You get to be free to be what God has designed you to be, and you do not have to be something you've never been called to be. 
There is freedom in that, and there is joy. So many of you have come to me in the last 10 plus weeks and said, thank you so much. I now have actually lifted off this burden and this guilt because I felt I had to be this or that, but now I know my spiritual gifts. I can serve in freedom. I don't have to imitate anyone else, and I'm ready to get going. And at that moment, when each one of those encounters begins to take place among us, Jesus gets seen clearly more and more. And yet, let me remind all of us what we've been learning also. Knowing and using your spiritual gifts is key, but there's something more important. It's not the gifts. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Our character is the evidence. Listen, our character is the evidence that we're becoming more like Jesus. When our motives get purified and Jesus and his worship are actually the heartbeat of our lives, then when we use the gifts, then things get done. The power of the Spirit of Christ will increase more and more. Character matters. Submission matters. Love matters. Remember, love is going to last. The gifts will not last. Time and time again, when Paul wrote about the need for spiritual gifts, he wrote also about the need for character. Remember, just before he talked about the gifts of prophecy and tongues that we covered a few weeks ago, he challenged and commanded all Christians with these words in 1 Corinthians 14.1. He said these words, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Notice right up front that Paul starts with character, the way of love. You want to say, well, what's love? Well, I was at a wedding yesterday. It was a wonderful day. My brother-in-law married Hillary, one of my longtime friends. Fantastic. Maybe some of you saw me. I was decked out in some different robes. Anyone see it? Yeah, a few different things. And woo, yeah, that's right, Anglican robes. Okay, and at that moment, I said one thing. Define your love not on what you feel, not on what the world says, not what's on the net or what you're Twittering. Define it by Scripture. And character is defined brilliantly in 1 Corinthians 13. Gifts are amazing and God-given, but without the ever-growing love, they will be misused or we will even end up being discredited, though God is using us because our motives and our character don't match the gifts we've been given. Hear the word of God again for the first time or all over. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no, notice, not some, no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Paul says that if you want to truly understand spiritual gifts and you want to see the world revolutionized for Jesus and a local church to function the way it's supposed to, the gifts will come, but deal with your character. From the challenge to having Jesus, his character, week after week, we begin to ask the living God and his scriptures to teach us about the gifts. Week after week, we walk through over 20 gifts and we put them under three headings. Do you remember them? Love gifts. Word gifts and power gifts. The love gifts that some of you have manifest the love of God in practical ways. The word gifts clarify the nature of God, the actions of God, the purposes of God. Well, the power gifts demonstrate the power of God, demonstrate the very living presence of God, demonstrate the reality of God among us. Here's the gifts we've covered so far. Administration, helps, mercy, giving, teaching, exhortation, apostleship, and leadership, 
pastoring and evangelism, prophecy and tongues, interpretation of tongues, intercession, faith, discernment of spirits, words of knowledge or wisdom, works of power, and healing. Now, some of the more inquisitive people among us have begun to text and email me and say, John, for weeks and weeks and weeks, you've kept saying there's 21 gifts, but you've only preached on 20. So where's the missing one? Well, let me answer that. The missing one was left open because there's not just one possible missing gift. There's possibly four more gifts we haven't covered. These could actually be spiritual gifts found in Scripture, or they could be spiritual disciplines, which some of us choose to follow Jesus with. There's strong evidence that they really could be more than a discipline. They actually could be a calling or actually a spiritual gift. Scholars debate in it, and it's possible. The spiritual gift test that Joanna is about to talk about in a few minutes will actually begin to reveal some of these, and you may experience some of them. So before we get into the so what today, after nine weeks of walking this through, Joe and I are going to talk about, now what do we do as a whole family now we've learned about the gifts? Let me walk through four other possible spiritual gifts. And we're going to end with a bang. Voluntary poverty. I love how the middle class church just went so quiet. Interesting. Celibacy. Even more quiet. Hospitality. Martyrdom. These are gifts that are significant. They could be callings or they could be gifts. But let me just read the definition so at least we're all tracking together. Voluntary poverty is a possible gift that God gives certain people to renounce material comfort and luxury and adopt a personal lifestyle equivalent to those living at a poverty level in a given society in order to serve God more effectively. Now notice this so you don't go off the page on this. This is not saying that if you're in poverty, you have this gift. It's saying that you are not living in poverty, but you choose willingly to give up all the resources you have to live at that level so your resources and your life can reflect Jesus more. You can give more and you can actually relate to the brokenhearted. Voluntary poverty. Celibacy is the gift that gives, God gives certain members of the body of Christ to remain single and enjoy it, to be unmarried and not to suffer undue sexual temptation. There are certain people among us that are called to this, into singleness. Paul talks about this explicitly. No one in a local church should ever look down on someone who's single, ever. It is a terrible sin of the church where single people feel isolated or put to the side. Some of us, not all, but some of those people are actually called by God to be single for the rest of their life, as Paul said, so they can focus fully on the kingdom of God. But notice the definition. There's an enjoyment in singleness, and they do not suffer undue sexual temptation. The truth is that if you suffer undue sexual temptation, there's a good chance celibacy is not your gift. Third thing is hospitality. The gift of hospitality is that idea of providing an open home and a warm welcome to those who need food and lodging. In my opinion, just so you know, I don't think this is a spiritual gift. I think this is an outworking of a gift we've covered. I think it's the gift of helps, the gift of serving. And I think this is one amazing facet of how it's worked out. I think that many of you in our community have the gift of hospitality, and Joe and I are going to talk about this, desperately need the gift of hospitality in our community. But I think it comes under the category of helps. The last one is martyrdom. And martyrdom is a difficult one to speak on. It is those among us in the body of Christ who undergo suffering for the faith, even physical death. 
while continuously displaying a joyous and victorious attitude that brings glory to God. Many people actually believe that martyrdom is a gift from God. If you read the book of Revelation, it says that the martyrs actually have a very unique and special place in heaven. And you need to know this too. Over 100,000 people every year, and this is documented by multiple sources, suffer and die for the Christian faith in this day. There are more Christians dying today because they love Jesus and want to care for the world than there ever was during the first three centuries of the great persecutions under Rome. Whether you think this is a gift or not, martyrdom is a phenomenal, phenomenal act where someone says, I would rather give up my life than renounce Jesus. And as one great church father said so long ago, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, which was a really intellectual saying, if you kill one of us, watch out, because 10 more of us will pop up. Because as you remove one and the witness is given, Jesus' love is demonstrated and more come to faith. These are amazing expressions, and we didn't cover them. And like I said, in the gift, we're going to talk about the gift test. Some of you may come up with some of these. And actually, in the last 10 weeks, as we've prayed over individuals, some people have actually come up and talked to us about some of these gifts, including, by the way, martyrdom. And so be thinking about that and praying about that as Joe and I talk. The reason why I've asked Joe to come up, and let's welcome this, is Joanna LaFleur, our Connections Pastor. And Joe and I are going to take a moment to uh, talk with each other and with you because what's significant is after an amazing series like this where we're engaged and we're learning and we're growing, then we have to ask the question, well, what do we now do? I mean, wonder if I have voluntary poverty or wonder if I have administration or helps or teaching or prophecy. So what's the next step for our family? And so today is a very different experience than what we usually do, but don't disconnect because this is imperative to where we're about to go. So Joe... Uh, let's begin the conversation together. Hi. Uh, well, first, I, uh, I just, John, I want to thank you as our pastor for, uh, for leading us through the series. I know it's, uh, I've talked to so many of you about how you've been thinking about this and discussing it amongst uh, yourselves or your family or your small group or, or whatever. And, uh, and I know it's been stirring me and, and uh, the other uh, women that I live with. And um, it's, it's a... It's just a gift, and so we're so grateful. And can we just thank John for this amazing uh, uh, series? Thanks. So, of course, out of uh, out of the questions, out of uh, the discussions that we've been having as a, as a church about this. People want to know what to do. So people are beginning, we as a congregation are more and more beginning to understand our unique giftedness as we, as we have with our images, this, this fingerprint of God that is unique to, to us individually. But uh, now we need to know what do we do with it? Uh, or, or if we still don't know what our spiritual gifts are, what do we do now? Right. Uh, now that the series is, is coming to a close. Um, and so, so that's uh, that's uh, where we're where we're continuing in this conversation. But, but uh, as as John has asked me to to speak, and I've been reflecting on this, I think uh, the first place to start, as we're saying, what now? As we've begun to identify our spiritual gifts, and maybe um, this is still a journey for you as you're trying to understand what yours are as a follower of Christ. But uh, we can't emphasize enough as a church uh, how character is critical to this conversation. 
Uh, we, see, we see in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians, right between, uh, right in the middle, rather, of the conversation about spiritual gifts, we see a conversation about our character. It's a conversation about our heart right in the middle. And so I'm going to refer back to 1 Corinthians 13, which we were in just a few minutes ago. And, um, and it does this great job, Paul does this great job of actually, in a similar way to how we've been describing word, power, and love gifts, he actually does that in the first three verses. And so from 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So if I have word gifts and I don't know how to have the character of controlling my mouth, if I become... Uh, a gossip or a liar with my tongue. I am the most annoying sound in the world. <laughs> I, 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 there's other translations that talk about it like a nails on chalkboard kind of a sound if you don't have the character to go along with this gift. And then it goes on and says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. So if I have power gifts... And I don't have love. If I don't have a character that is of Christ, I am worthless. My gifts are not useful to the body and bring no joy. And then in verse 3, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So if I have love gifts out of that category and I and I don't actually serve in these love gifts with an attitude of love, if I look down on people or I'm complaining about people and not understanding my place as a servant of people, if I don't have the character of love, I gain nothing. There are no brownie points with God <laughs> over, uh, over, over that one. And so character matters. Um, I know, I know this is a, a journey that I've been on, particularly this year. Um, we, we, John and I have talked a little bit about it uh, as, as co-workers here. And uh, particularly this, this year, uh, since January, I was talking to another one of our pastors, Beth, and, and asking her about some things that God was speaking to me about my life and, and what he was asking me to do with my life. And I said, Beth, what do I, what do, I do about this? You know, it's, I don't know, I don't know how to move forward. And she said, well seems to me that you should probably work on your character because, uh, you know, if, you, if God wants to do great or small things with your life, if you don't have the character to go along with it, uh, you will be to the destruction of not only yourself but those around you who, who you are leading. And, uh, and at the same time, if you have... Uh, a great character of Christ, the character of Christ, uh, you will be a great blessing to those around you. So I've been, been taking that pretty seriously this year and, and trying to align my character with Christ. And uh, It's a refining fire. It's a bit hot sometimes. It feels a little smoky and toasty. Uh, it's, it's not a journey that comes without some suffering. Uh, but it's good, and God is, is growing my heart. Uh, and, and I know it's some, you've been sharing with us too, John, about some of that in your own journey this last season. Yeah, I mean, I've been asking we, us as a family to pray a prayer for a year and a half. And some of you have and some of you haven't. You know, Lord, do anything you need to do in my life uh, for your glory, my freedom so the world sees Jesus clearly. And, 
you know, uh, as Joe's been saying, <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been so broken in the last 12 weeks in a way I never have before. Um, forget that I'm a pastor, just as a Christian. You know, I just, I've had such encounters with Jesus, and he's, he's been so close, but every time he's got so close to me, um, I've just realized how wrong so many of my motives were. And I've been sharing with the staff and my wife and a few others that, that you know, it's, it's a terrifying place when you say to God, deal with my character, because he does. Mm. And uh, when, when you go before God, it doesn't matter who you are or what you have or what you've earned or what your, t- you know, your title is. He doesn't have favorites. He deals with you. And, you know, as a, as a pastor of yours, but just as a human being, I'm so thankful lately that Jesus is breaking me. Really thankful. Because mm-hmm. the more he deals with my character, the more I realize that I'll lead right and I'll preach right and I'll be a good dad and a good husband. And so I'm, I'm asking God and begging God these days not to stop this work in me. And I'm asking him not to stop it in you because um, authenticity matters more than gifts and character matters more than gifts. And I just... One of the big things I've prayed about lately and I've been so broken about, and it's about teaching. I was with Beth and Dave and we dedicated the stage to Christ in the pulpit and, and teaching and I just begged God forgiveness as he convicted me that I have ever stood uh, between Jesus and you, that I've ever put myself in the wrong way and realized so many times when I've taught that my motives have been mixed and, and I just, I never want anyone to see me I want them to meet Jesus. So that's the type of stuff he's doing in my life. Yeah. And it's good. Mm-hmm. And pray he does more. Lots more of it. Lots more of it. Yeah, yeah, thank you, John. And I mean, just as I was saying a minute ago, it's, it's so clear to me how, as, as uh, one of your staff, how uh, the work that God is doing in you is not just a blessing to you and, and your wife and your family, but it's, it's a blessing to me and it's a blessing to us. And God is, is uh, taking John, uh, Pastor John, here through, through this journey, and, and it is for us. Uh, he is uh, the first. He leads us. So he is the first to experience this. Uh, and uh, and it's, a, it's a gift to our church, and we're so grateful uh, for what God is doing in your life because it will, it will pour out, then overflow into to us. And so, you know, as we, as we continue to talk about this, um, we, can, we can become easily discouraged as we read through um, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, uh, 4 to 7. Uh, because as, as the scripture continues, we see um, this whole long list of things that I'm not very good at. And... Uh, and uh, I ask that that goes up on the screen again. But, but I think, um, as I've been reflecting on this, God, God showed me a few weeks ago at one of our Wednesday night prayer meetings this scripture. And, and uh, he asked me to look again because uh, I realized that there's this whole conversation about love. But, but we know from scripture that, that God is love. That, that the, the God that we welcome to lead our lives is the essence and character of love. And so let me, let me reread then this scripture uh, in that context. Lord, my Lord Jesus is patient. My Lord Jesus is kind. 
My Lord Jesus does not envy, and he does not boast, and he is not proud. My Lord Jesus does not dishonor others, and he is not self-seeking, and my Lord Jesus is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs, and my Lord Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. My Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus, he always protects, he always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Our, our Lord Jesus Christ gives himself to us. He offers himself, the character of himself, to be poured out upon us as we are willing. Only as we are willing. He won't work if we don't want him to. Uh, and as, as John has, has shared with us and as I've alluded to as well, it, he, is, he is doing that amongst us. And, and I've heard some of your stories uh, and I know that that is true amongst, amongst our community, that God is changing our hearts and, and aligning us with the character of Christ. And how much more effective the gifts that he has given us will be for the building of the church as our character aligns with Christ. And so... Uh, you know, as we start to look at this also in the spiritual gifts, I think it can quickly uh, feel burdensome, you know, these gifts that we have. Um, but uh, I think as we've been saying over and over again, that as we uh, begin to identify our gifts and then use them, we see that it's actually for our joy, as, as you were saying a few minutes ago, um, and for the, the building of the church, that when we're working in our giftedness, the gifts that God gives us, we enjoy the act of living more. Right. Um, and, uh, and I guess, uh, could you speak for a minute to the, that idea of, of, you know, so it's not this formula. Yes, we sit here today, you know, we're going to, to share a few practical things, but, but uh, yeah, I think how does a lot that of, look? Yeah, I think a lot of us are sitting here this morning going, uh, some of us are going, yes, I know my gifts. I've known them for a while. Others, you've had this revelatory experience where you're like, oh, I finally know. It's been interesting talking to some of you in the, in the baby boomer community and saying, you know, for years, you know, for years I sort of knew, but finally, like so many years later, I know and I'm so excited and it's just interesting as we're dialing. But then other people, I, I, I always, the engineers among us, right? The linear thinkers are like, so where's the 12-step program to become better at prophecy? Right? You know, I need to know. You know, and, and it's great because I don't think that way, and that's why we have even a diverse staff. But, um, and I love you all engineers. I do. I hug you. I hug you. I love you. Um, but I, what, what we've been discovering is that, you know, um, spiritual gifts are given. Uh, they're worked out in community. And uh, we're going to give you as many practical steps as possible, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, because there is some things you can do. But they're also, we need to understand, these are spiritual gifts, mm. and, so, yeah. and so we have to step out in faith and begin to use them and learn how to use them, and there's not always a, a, linear, a linear line where you can say, now I will grow in these things. There's certain things we can do, which we're going to help you in, but there has to be an attitude where we say, you know, Lord, I don't completely get the whole mercy thing, though I know I'm inclined that way, or I'm not sure about the whole evangelism thing, but I'm inclined that way, so I'm going to just start stepping out and using it. Uh, Bill Hybels used to say years ago, it's like jumping into a pool. Keep jumping in the pool. Eventually, you'll hit your sweet spot, 
And you've got to have a tenacity about this. And this is really important for church people. We have to have a tenacity once we know our gifts to keep using them no matter how we feel and keep experimenting in different ways until we find that sweet spot. Because uh, like Joe says, when you do that, you find, you find purpose. So many people ask pastors, you know, what's God's will for my life? And I'll say, well, the Ten Commandments are a good start, you know, good start. Uh, and uh, knowing Jesus is a great start. But finding out your spiritual gift and using it uh, brings great purpose uh, to your life and joy. So I, I'd encourage it that way. And I'd encourage it especially in small groups. I think that's the most significant Preach thing. Preach it. Um, that the... She's in charge of small groups, just so you know. Uh, So I'd encourage you to start using them in small groups. It's like what we talked about when we did the whole thing on tongues. When we had a conversation about tongues, we, uh, we said one of the best places to start using that in a safe way without violating scripture is in a small group community because you know those people, they know you, they know your character, and you can begin to use things like that. So I mean, I would head that way really strongly. Yeah. Absolutely, and and uh, just to give some some visibility into to that, uh, we're going to be uh, sh- sharing a bit more and more over the course of the next five or six weeks or so. But we're actually uh, been meeting, had been meeting with our small group leaders and facilitators and hosts over the last while, and and we even today have a have a pizza lunch. We're going to be training our small group leaders today at lunch, and uh, we're going to be relaunching. Uh, in a formal way, our small group ministry starting in January. Um, as we uh, get bigger, we have to also get really good at being small, uh, small groups uh, being a huge part of that. And I mean, even in my own small group, I, I love looking around the room. I'm in a small group of, uh, I, lead, I lead a group with a, another uh, woman of, of 18 to 23-year-old uh, young adult women. And I'm reflecting in this group of antibodies, and, uh, and you know, I'm seeing gifts of ho- uh, the hospitality stuff, as you were referring to today, but I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing gifts of evangelism. There's this girl who keeps bringing her friends out, and I'm seeing, and, and someone became a Christian in our group just a few weeks ago, awesome. and, I'm, and I'm seeing... You can uh, clap, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's good. You know, yeah. the most, some, somehow the most unlikely of people God calls to himself, and including myself, and, uh, and you know, I'm seeing uh, gifts of leadership, and, and we're seeing gifts of teaching, and we're seeing mercy in our group as people are mobilizing together, and prayer warriors in our group, and it's exciting as uh, in that small community, uh, we can, can not only begin to practice the use of our gifts, uh, but it's also a place where we're accountable for them, and what we're doing with them. Um, I think it's, it's that scripture that, that you, that John, you and, and Pastor Dave have talked about before, this idea of the parable of the talents, um, where the, the owner, he goes away and he gives, he gives different amounts of money to people, and, one, uh, and some of them invest the money and do great things with it, but one person is afraid and he buries it in the ground. And, uh, and so the, 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 the master comes, comes back and, and he says, okay, where's, where's the money? What have you done with it? And, and this guy says, well, I dug a hole and I put it in because it was freaking me out. So I just thought I'd better leave it and give it back to you when you return. And I mean, it's this uh, fear-based hiding of our gifts that uh, we're inviting you to stop doing today. <laughs> that was a very Canadian way of saying that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jesus tells you to stop it. Mm. Serious? No, seriously, what she has yeah. just put her finger on is key. You don't own the gifts. None of us got to choose them. And none of us uh, get to bury them. 
If the Lord is giving gifts around you or in you, don't resist Jesus. This is for his glory and your joy. And don't judge or resist gifts that are being given to other people around you. Don't let your history or your culture or your background quench the work of God among us. Like just be in a place where you just say to Jesus, I'm, I'm open. I'm really open to what you need to do here. Because none of us want to stand on judgment and say I'm the one who buried the talent. You just don't want to be that person. Because there's no joy and there's a loss of ministry in life there. So Joe, tell us. We've done all this. Yeah. What do we do? Okay. So very practically for some of our, as you say, our engineers. My, my dad's one of those, so I get it. I lived with that for 20-something years. Yeah. So uh, I love it, and we appreciate that, and we need that. And so uh, in your seats, you've noticed that there's these cards sticking up. I think we've got some here. You've got one too, John. Uh, these things. And um, in, a, in a few minutes, we're going to have uh, communion and have, the op- and have the opportunity for prayer and to come forward. But we also have these things, and we would like you to fill them out. Um, we see, um, first of all, if you're still wondering uh, about your spiritual gifts, if you're still confused and um, not really sure uh, what they are, this is still an unclear thing to you, we have one uh, helpful tool there, there will probably be many things that, that would help you, but one thing we have here as Canadians is a test. So we have um, on these cards, you can see at the bottom of the writing, there is a, a link where you can go, and there's actually an online quiz you can take that will ask you some different questions and help guide you and help you understand a little bit more about what your spiritual gifts uh, might be. Yeah, and just to say, very thankful for this. Another church put this together, New Hope in Hawaii, an amazing church, and like so many churches these days, just their resources are free, and so uh, as we checked out all the spiritual gift tests, this was the one that we related to the most. So if you don't know or you want to be affirmed or you want to share this with other people, it's free, and we'd encourage you to do this. And then we've got this here, and we're asking you to give us your top one through three spiritual gifts and also where you're currently serving in. And here's the point, if I can say, we, we, we really want to know what you think your gifts are. Because we want to actually start building them right into our database. So when ministries need something, we don't just come up and say, we need people to serve. And everyone goes, well, what does that mean? We want to start saying, we need three intercessors, two pastors. Like, we're really serious about this. Yeah. And, and so this, the goal from this day forward, no matter how big we get towards 10,000, is we're going to start using gifts as the basis for how we do recruitment for volunteerism. And if we don't know your gifts, we can't do that right. And so very significant that you give us. And if you're like, I don't want to tell you my gifts, then I have to ask you to go back and read all the Bible again because it's for the body of Christ. It's, it's for us communally. It's what the Spirit of God has given us so we all get built up. So we're really asking you to respond in this. What else are we going to do? Yeah, and um, out of uh, what we've heard from you uh, is that Uh, there's much more conversation to be had, and you're really looking to connect with other people who have similar giftings to you. Um, And so we are going to invite you. um, Now here we're in the Christmas season, and things are starting to get crazy, and family things are happening, and and stuff at the church, and both in our our own lives are are, are crazy as a a church community. So um, into the early new year, we're going to be inviting you to come to a gathering um, three, we'll have three gatherings. We'll have a gathering for love gifts, a gathering for word gifts, and a gathering for power gifts. Um, yeah, and so here's the goal. Everyone's been crying out for mentorship. People are saying, I, I want to you know, know how to do this right. 
So we're going to have three initial gatherings where we're going to say, if you have love gifts and you want to further the conversation, let's all get in a hall together. We're going to talk. And our goal is, one of our big things we need to find in our community is uh, mature Christians who've been using these gifts for a while. Because as we begin to identify, uh, it's not about age, it's just about maturity. As we begin to find more mature people spiritually with certain gifts, we can start saying, you know, this person is an amazing person to talk to about exhortation or prophecy or words of knowledge or administration. And so we want to start setting up some uh, mentoring relationships. But the way we're going to start doing is just three gatherings where if you've got power gifts, you know, we're going to get together and we're going to say, how are we going to talk about prophecy right and wrong? And how are we going to do it as we promised in our community? Uh, the love gifts, how are we going to serve better? Uh, what questions do you have? Because we're getting all these questions like, how does this look? How should I experience? Why do I have tension with other people that feel the same or different? So we're going to, it's going to be great evenings where we just talk this through and we're going to invite you to that. And for you, the online audience too, we'll try to get some stuff to you also. Yeah. And uh, the pitfalls you'd mentioned. The, oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the, the things the we're going uh, to deal with in those gatherings is there's a dark side to each grouping of gifts. Mm. And so people with love gifts always feel stepped on. You know, people with word gifts always uh, tend towards arrogance. People with power gifts can start actually using what God has given them to, to actually end up abusing people in wrong ways. So there's a dark side to each grouping of gift that we need to be really upfront with, with the character thing, so we're all using it right and keeping each other accountable. It's not to beat us down. It's just to say, let's be open about this conversation and, and go a lot farther than a lot of churches have had the opportunity to do. So. Thank you for joining us. For more teaching, info, or to give financially, please visit us at our website, carotherscreek.ca.